All right, ladies and gentlemen, episode 30. We are up to episode number three zero. How good's that? What a night of the Premier League. I say that every time, but it always is a pretty interesting, may not be the most exciting night ever, all the time, but it was definitely what a night of the Premier League. Uh, uh, Joe Cullen is the sixth different winner out of the eight competitors, seven nights. We've had six different winners. By no means the best performer of the night, but he's still got the win. A bit of drama between he and Gaz. We'll have a chat about that. Snakebite was changing his darts mid-match, which is pretty common for, for old Snakebite, but he does that. We're used to that. Another four or five averages in the 80s. Um, it's becoming a bit of a common trend at the Premier League at the moment. So I do believe there is a reason for that. And we'll have a chat about that later as I fondle with my microphones. Um, we might look at the Premier League at the end of the night. We'll do a bit of bit of a different format for tonight for this show. We're just having a look at a few different uh, tech options as well to bring to you guys. So just bear with me on the uh, echoiness tonight. We're in a bit of a more open space. We are normally closed off a bit more, but it's only one night. We'll deal with it. We'll get through it, and it won't be that big of a deal. Maybe if I turn that dial down, we'll have a bit more luck. I'm not liking how this bloody microphone's playing up, though. Just bear with me. Give it her a tighten up. What she needs? She needs a tighten up. And that is that. So you had the DSL Dartstream Live Smashdown on Friday night. That was quite good. Quite a little bit of fun for me to have a look at. There. And... Um, yeah, I've had a chance to try out my new gear as well. I'm using the click-on stems and flights, which I find they're brilliant at the moment. Um, normally by now, so what, I've had those darts since Friday, I think I got them. I normally would have used probably 10 or 11 stems by now. I'd be on another set of flights. I've used zero and zero. Unfortunately, you can't get, there's not many in stock in Australia, so I am gonna need to change it at some stage, and I only have pink available. But I like them at the moment. The pink maybe stands out a bit too much in the, the bright white light that I now have from the, the Toro's dart light. But, I mean, take the good with the bad. You can only do so much, and this one is what I'm rolling with. I like it so far. As I said, I'm not using as much, not having to change as much. And, yeah, they, they're flying out of the hand pretty, pretty similar. There's not too much difference. The only if you can find a downside... Check out my Guru T-shirt. Uh, it is that you will get maybe a few more bounce outs because they are a bit sturdier, the flights. If you hit those flights, you're more likely to bounce off and not hit the dartboard properly and enter the dartboard as opposed to when you're using normal flights, which are a bit, little bit flimsier and might just move out the way a bit easier than these. <clears throat> but they're good. But the new darts are definitely flying out the hand really well. As I said, they've got a different grip. Um, even my young bloke is getting a, a much better trajectory to the dartboard instead of looping, looping, which even mine were doing, they're just a lot better trajectory and, yeah, coming out of their hand really well. I think the first five minutes I threw three 180s and was feeling really good about them. Obviously, it's gone a bit downhill since then. As I start to readjust, I was on, on a bit of a high that night and they were just flying out. Now I'm getting back into the groove and get making sure I'm more consistent with the new set of darts. Still better than the previous set for sure. I'm not seeing that one dart per throw as often that's flopping out. So 
I've found a set that I'm really happy with. It's very hard to find without sitting there throwing darts for a long time. It's hard to find the right set and you can't often just throw a set and then say, nah, no, thank you. There's a lot of communities out there, darts, darts buy, swap, sell, where you can trade in. <clears throat> I'm not one to trade in and swap and all that sort of thing because I like to keep all my sets as a bit of a memoir and do videos like I did the other night of throwing each set of darts. Um, they are a very nice dart to hold. I'm now a Harrow's man. I'm sold on Harrow's. I changed to Harrow's stems because they were just holding up a bit better than the windmill. And I'm now a Harrow's dart man. Unfortunately, they their boards just, I haven't tried it, but they don't look as as quality as the windmill. Not many do. Like I like the look of the shot dart boards. I might have a try that. I just want that plain crisp look. A lot of the white bits on the dartboard, you've got all those veiny shit through. I don't want that. I just want a whiteboard. I'm still adjusting to the light out of all, all my goodies. Um, it's still the bottom half of the board is still quite dark, but the actual light itself is not in my vision and not annoying me at all. So once I adjust to that level of brightness, which I think I am now, once I wrote these notes, I was still adjusting a bit. I'm a bit more adjusted now. I haven't played a, a night game yet. I'm still due to have a night game. I was due to play tonight, but that's been delayed till God knows when. I'm now, My next one is against a different opponent is Thursday. So Thursday, I'll have a look and see exactly how that works late at night. It was okay. I played a bit last night, but not a full full first to eight match, just a couple of first to threes, and it wasn't too bad. But look at me, Dan. Hang on, anybody got me here? Where is it? There you are. There's me pink flights. Um, yeah, but the light, it's its okay. I'm not sure what to do moving forward. As I said, I'm not a fan of those dart lights at all. I much prefer just having a good setup of lights in your, the room that you're throwing in in case you, because if I want to change the board to anywhere, I want to, just want it to be, to be there and to be ready. Uh, Kai Smith, Jack Shepard was a great watch. As discussed, first of 21, crazy, 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 crazy. That's a long, a lot of darts, but it just, it generally was good fun to watch. Kai was... Uh, Kai's 20 or 19 years old. Jack Shepard's 16 or 17. Um, and some really quality finishing. I think Kai won it with a 1-2-7. Jack had a few legs on the bull to win as well. Two players I definitely want to and think I will see have a crack at Q school in the future, in the next few years. Maybe one or two for Kai. I think this is just purely what I think might happen. I don't know anything special. I wish I did. Um, I think Kyle will have a go at the DPA and all the Darts Queensland events and participate in a few other events Australia-wide, whatever he can, but have a real crack at the DPA, get himself up there. He's making semifinals, quarterfinals consistently in Queensland, which if you're doing that in Queensland, you're going to do that anywhere, probably make semis and finals everywhere else. So he's doing well um, a year or so more of playing consistently at that top level. Next year, hopefully we get everyone back in the same room and it'll really up it from there. And I think, say, one to two years at the DPA and then he'll have a crack at the Players' Championships, hopefully, not the Players' Championships, the Q School, and hopefully he can tie it in with the Worlds. Maybe that's his plan is to, within the next two years, have another go at the Worlds and Q School is just after that. So maybe have a go at Q School after having a crack at another his second crack, maybe even third crack at the Worlds. That'd be good. good to see. Um, 
And yeah, Jack Shepard, he's, so he's 16 or 17. I think you're looking at probably two to three years before, just readjust my hat, two to three, probably three or four years actually before Jack goes and has a go at Q school. I know pretty sure he's keen to have a go and he has definitely got the talent to go over there and have a great crack at it. So that'll be good to see. Think and then you hopefully have those two over there as well as whatever other Aussies are over there. There's definitely quite a few that could do it, that's for sure. Now, Queensland has cancelled next month's DPA events, so events should be seven, eight, nine. Um, cancelled completely because of the flooding, North Lakes, which is 10 minutes to my joint. Um, strangely, this was done last week, I think. This far out, they couldn't get another venue. Um, I'll host it in my garage if I have to have all those players. They can come here. Just need the DPA to, to just help me out with a couple of dartboards, a couple of lights, and I'll host it. No worries. Don't you worry about that. All I need is one streaming board. I've already got one set up because I stream and play online anyway. So we're set up there. We just need a couple more to host the 50-plus dudes in Queensland. I'll just open the roller door. That'll be fine. We'll have plenty of room. We'll have it here. Um, Queenslanders can go and compete in other states. I think this is this is crazy. It caught me off guard completely as I know a lot of people got flooded out, a lot of darts venues got flooded out. Um, I didn't think the North Lakes venue got flooded out, but it must have, and I think there is time to recover and host it somewhere else, but obviously they've decided not to even attempt it, which is unfortunate. Yeah, but they can go and compete in other states. It's the order of merit venue to venue, is what qualifies you for the satellite tour finals at the end of the year. So that's your other way to make it to the world. So you've got the Oceanic Masters, which is you've got to have competed in 50% of all the DPA events to get into the Oceanic Masters. And then the top 16 from each venue make it through to the satellite tour finals, if I'm not mistaken. I'll double check that properly later on because it's not overly important at the moment. But yeah, because there is issues with that in my opinion, but we'll get to that another day. But so it doesn't affect, because it's it's because it's venue to venue, it doesn't affect Queensland having the whole event cancelled because they're not going to go to New South Wales and earn Queensland points. They will earn New South Wales points. So it'll just be up to the Queenslanders whether they want to travel down to New South and still have a crack and try and get some cash. Or just to go and have a go for a bit of fun. We don't know. I don't know. But yeah, so that's been cancelled, which is, yeah. It's very weird though, you know? Like it's Australia's Premier League of darts and you have Queensland just having a week off. Crazy in my opinion. The PDC World Darts Championship takes two players, two qualifiers from Australia. So as we said last year, we had the three boys over there qualify they then take two qualifiers from our region, as I said, through the the Oceanic Masters and the DPA Tour Satellite Tour Order of Merit Finals. Um, so out of the last, since 2018, I think there's been nine different qualifiers. They take two at the moment. They haven't always taken two. There's been nine different qualifiers for the World Championships. Eight of those has been from Queensland. So it's just going to be hard to get my head around and for a lot of people to get their head around seeing the DPA events on and you're not seeing Robbie King, Matty Mullen, Jamie Rundle, the Smiths, 
uh, James Bailey, all those people, all those guys, you know the names. I say them every time there's a DPA tour on. To have not have those guys playing is a shame, especially I've seen Jamie Rundle hit some form last time and really commit himself back to darts, I think. Seeing him not playing now is a bit bit of a kick in the guts, but anyway. Yeah, weird, weird, weird. Right, we will move on to the Premier League now. Night seven in Rotterdam. The biggest noise of the night was for Barney when he did his interview. They still love him. The Barney army is still here. Much stronger than the Barney army, the Barmy army, because the Barney army has something to cheer about. He's getting his way back into darts, and he's just a great bloke, and England cricket is going downhill fast. One of 17. That's about how many darts matches I've won lately. They just love him. The whole world loves RVB, so no surprise. Uh, Girl and Price, a strange tweet slash Insta story about the best player doesn't always win. Everyone always assumes he's talking about his own game and Joe Cullen versus MVG. We're not going to assume anything and we're just going to enjoy him throwing darts. But we will discuss that a little bit later. Gary Anderson, Joe Cullen. Um, Gary Anderson has gone off and called Joe a cheat after the match. And I'm 99% sure it's a walking in the exclusion zone. So there's a little bit of carpet that they cannot stand on that goes around the player to prevent getting in the player's face, getting too close to them. Gary's been copying a lot of a lot of crap for his outburst, saying he's a sore loser, he's just trying to blame someone else. And that's just not the case, I don't believe. Um, Gary's always not liked people going anywhere near the exclusion zone. We saw the one against Gerwin Price in 2018. Now, I saw that one as both in the wrong. A lot of people will say it was just Gary. A lot of people say it was Gerwin. Gerwin hasn't gotten his darts out the board. He's taken far too long to move forward. He's semi-moved forward, come back to celebrate just to rub it in Gary's face a bit. Gary shouldn't be that close to him, but Gary's thought he's going to get his darts. He should be going to get his darts. He's moved forward. They've come too close together. And Gary's pushed him and said, go be darts. And um, so that's a bit of a bit of a 50-50 one. Um, my view of this one, we know I love Gary Anderson. Always going to stick up for him regardless. But from what I can see, Joe's really done nothing wrong. He has walked around, and but he does get very close. He's very close when he comes off his dartboard. He's cutting this way a lot. And when he gets to the back of Gary, there's the corner. He's stepping over the corner. All that sort of stuff. No, it's not wrong. He's not stepping in the inclusion zone. He does put one foot right here as he walks past. One foot is going into the exclusion zone. So I wonder if anything's said there. But definitely not going too far into the exclusion zone and definitely cutting the corner at the back. If you watch Gary, he is all the way around and not even remotely close to this to the exclusion zone. He's, he's so far away. They're not massive, those exclusion zones. So if someone's tied on it, as Joe was, when you're throwing, that's going to feel like they are basically touching you and in your zone, in your face. So, yeah, it's going to be like he's stepping on your toes, basically. Joe hasn't broken any of the rules. Gary can't see if he's broken any of the rules. Obviously, he's gone off his nuts saying he has. The simple fix to me, and not just for Gary, but for a lot of the players, they don't like it. A lot of them don't like that on the pro tour, 
there is no exclusion zone and there is only just an Oki and a dartboard and a scorer with his little tablet. They don't like that there's no exclusion zone. So um, make those exclusion zones bigger and you are going to eliminate this problem in an instant. Maybe some people will think we can't just fix it for Gary. That's unfair. He's not the only player that doesn't like it and doesn't like people cutting too close to the exclusion zone. He's just the only guy that calls it out. Maybe he doesn't have to call him a cheat, but he does wait till the end of the game so he doesn't upset someone's rhythm. So there's a lot of people that can say whatever bad things they want about Gary. At the end of the day, he's still doing it relatively respectfully. He could have halfway through the match said, Joe, you're a cheating dirtbag. How's that going to make you perform? It's either working one way or the other. You're not just going to keep murdering. You're either going to get shits and play really well or you're going to get super grumpy and you're going to play shit. So I just think make it bigger. You've seen the sight screens in cricket that used to be like this. Then now this with gigantic white sheets in test cricket, black sheets in one day is all over the seats so that no one has an issue. Anyone moves near those sight screens that are now gigantic, soon they're going to take up half the stadium. The capacity of the MCG will be dropped down to 50,000 because the sight screens will take up 25,000 at each end. Um, yeah, they're, going to, they're massive. And if someone moves, the batsman will not face up. They are getting bigger and bigger and bigger. Make this exclusion zone bigger and bigger and bigger. And simple, they will walk, they have to walk further away, not just the rule. They will walk as far away as Gary normally does and they won't get anywhere near the other player. Um, Gary could also just slow down a tiny bit and then Joe will be well behind him when he goes to do that. So, yeah. We'll quickly run through the night now. That's my take on it done. No one's in the wrong, really. Gary's probably calling a cheat's not right, but that's what he's feeling. He's feeling like Joe is on top of him because those exclusion zones aren't big enough. Step up, tournament organisers, make those exclusion zones bigger. Don't let the players anywhere near each other. Don't let them feel like the other players near them. Problem solved. It's not a hard fix. Yeah, we'll quickly run through the night. Michael Smith, he put in a solid performance against MVG. He had... A high average by seven points, one more 180, two more 140s, two more tons. So he's well and truly outscored him. He had two ton plus checkouts to zero, 41% on his doubles to 30. So really the only stat Michael Smith didn't win is how many legs he won. At, uh, at five all, 180, 180, uh, 180 ton, 180 against the throw. And he couldn't take out 41 to win which unfortunate for Bully Boy because it's a great performance and probably should have probably should have won it from there. The crowd did get a little bit noisy and very booey towards the end, but what were you expecting when you rock up to Rotterdam and you've drawn MVG first up? So he would have known that when the fixture came out about uh, two months ago that he had MVG in Rotterdam. So should have expected it. And it's the first time I've really seen him respond in such a way. I've never really seen him respond too much to the crowd. He's obviously had his comments before and after the matches on social media, not before, after matches on social media, just to express how he's feeling and what's going on. But yeah, very, very interesting indeed. But yeah, it is what it is. You've got to expect that the crowd's going to 
get up here and to respond like that was a bit different. But, yeah, still a very solid performance and really should have won. Uh, he scored three fantasy points. Uh, the all-Welsh clash, Gerwin Price has lost that one. It was a great battle. Um, all the quarterfinals went 6-5, which was interesting. And I think three of the four, they both had match darts to win. So, interesting. Uh, great battle, yeah. 83% on his doubles, Gerwin Price. Uh, he missed the dart at tops to win it and ended up losing 6-5. As I said, they all went 6-5. He had a 1-5-4 checkout at 5-3 down. So that was with Johnny Clayton winning uh, on 16 to win it. He's gone 1-5-4 checkout. So brilliant, absolutely brilliant. He's definitely improving on that injury. Um, although he did score zero fantasy points. It wasn't in my team, so that's good. Gary Anderson, there's not a great contest. It ended close and tense and enhanced by that uh, little bit of a tussle at the end with he and Joe. Only an 88 average, 31% on his doubles, so definitely not the standard that we saw Gary the week before. He did have three three clear darts at tops to win, and normally you're putting that in the book with Gary Anderson, even if he is in a bit of a form slump over the last year or so, everyone will say, I'm still backing him to hit tops with one uh, one dart, let alone three. So he definitely let Joe off the hook. He scored one fantasy point. James Wade, another 6-5 match, all the quarterfinals, as we said. Sorry for making his all go crazy there. Wow. Uh, the first time we have seen that, that all, five, all four quarterfinals have gone 6-5. That's a first. So that's one of the interesting things about the Premier League on the night. Uh, similar to Michael Smith, he won most of the stats but just couldn't get the job done, which is strange for James Wade. He had a dart at tops to win it, 99 times out of 100. You put that in the book for James Wade, I think there was even two darts at it or it was a dart at tops and double 10. And normally you're writing that down in the book, James Wade, leg done. But he didn't quite get it done, which no words to explain how or why. Sometimes it happens and that's it. All his hard work now, and he's down the bottom of the table, though. So he'll be wanting to get some more points on the board after having a brilliant start, even though I think he did go loss, semi, loss, final, maybe a semi, maybe a loss. But he was playing phenomenal, and even last week was probably the best, was definitely the best of the quarterfinal losers. And you could argue here he was one of the best of the quarterfinal losers, along with Michael Smith. Uh, one fantasy point to James Wade. Johnny Clayton, solid versus Gerwin Price. Despite Gerwin having two massive finishes, he was able to hold him off. He had a 1-2-1 of his own, and Johnny Clayton is fast becoming the king of the 1-2-1. Every time he steps up with 1-2-1 left on the board, he goes one of the many different ways, and he takes it out. Uh, he definitely stepped it up a notch against MVG, a 95 or 94 average against Johnny uh, Gerwin Price in the quarters. Stepped it up to considerably high. I think it was about 101, 102 against MVG. MVG also stepped it up and pushed out a 103 average. Uh, Johnny got 3-2 up, but it was all MVG from there. The crowd got behind him and he got motoring, even though Johnny's still a, a loved character amongst anywhere and anyone. It was uh, still MVG, much louder and well-supported by the, uh, the Dutch army over there. He'll be happy to get a few points on the board, though, Johnny, after a couple of couple of rough weeks. He'll be keen to make a final soon, though. It's just a more solid performance by him, really. Sorry. Um, he got 10 fantasy points, but, yeah, he'll just be happy to be back on the winner's list and 
continue on from there, hopefully make a final or even win it next week. Uh, Peter Wright, he got the job done against James Wade, 95% average, 60% on his doubles. That's pretty solid against James Wade, who was playing pretty well himself. I think James averaged 100. Uh, semi-final versus Joe, not as good. Uh, very similar to the corner final last week. Maybe just swap positions between Joe and Peter. It was an 87 average for Peter, 88 for Joe. Not sure I want to see Peter versus Joe ever again. He has brilliant nights, Peter Wright, and then has some not-so-good nights. I know he's definitely struggling with uh, a bit of an injury to his back, and hopefully he well and truly puts that behind him. Um, as I said, though, yeah, it just wasn't wasn't himself changing darts mid-match because nothing was working against Joe. He was okay in the quarters, a bit better than definitely that semi-final, but the semi-final never got going, and Joe was very lucky to get over line in that one because against anyone else on the night, basically. He would have lost that. Five fantasy points to Peter Wright. Wasn't in my team, though. We'll talk about my team soon. MVG, Michael Van Gerwen. Honestly, I never thought he was going to lose. Um, it was tight against Bully Boy, but he got himself going eventually. Bully Boy got off to a good start, but MVG overpowered him towards the end and took his chance when it came in the last leg and won it. He stepped it up against Johnny and looked really good. He got a got a 6-3 win there, 7.5 points higher in the average, which is considerable. I'm sorry, that's 7.5 points higher than Joe's average in the final. We've moved straight to the final. Um, only two 180s, though, to Joe's 7, but eight 140s to 3, and that's pretty, pretty good going, eight 140s. Especially if I only hit 2180. Just to keep that pressure on. Oh, I've dropped me down. Um, it was a phenomenal last leg, though, from Joe. Joe's gone 180, 180, uh, but ended up on his fifth visit with MVG, MVG waiting on 55. So at times he looked back to his best for sure. Like there are times throughout the night when he's hitting whatever he's going for. He's switching to triple 19. He's phenomenal. So there's a lot of matches where he's, it looks like he's not hitting too many 180s, but he's definitely hitting a lot more 177s and all that sort of stuff. So I just take them off because sometimes they hurt your ears a bit. Um, yeah, so he's 170s, 177s, 171s, 174s. He's getting a lot of those nowadays, which, yeah, when he's hitting those 19s well, it's like when Adrian Lewis does it. Um if one more increase on his current output and he looks like he'll be back to his best and just about unstoppable for everyone else in the world of darts, which they don't want. Um, yeah, but there is a quite a few players that are that far away from being the best of the world. Nine fantasy points for Michael Van Gerwen. He was my captain. Um, I feel like that the final though was maybe what Gerwin Price was talking about with his comments about the best player not always winning. Well, he probably wasn't. Let's say he wasn't at all. I don't know what he was talking about. But that's exactly what I felt when that final dart went in. Um, Joe's, he's averaged 91, 87 at 90. And yeah, you won't see too many people win the night with that kind of average. 
Um, yeah, so it was just a strange old night. I thought Gerwin, Michael Van Gerwen was the best player on the night. I did not feel like Joe Cullen was the best player. Nothing against Joe, but I just don't think he was quite there. He almost got done against Gary, averaging 88. Came up against Peter, averaging 87, who never got going. And hung onto the coattails of Van Gerwen the whole way and then pulled out his best leg of the night in the last leg. So a strange scenario where he's definitely come through and won it on, on the night. Um, but the old adage is true, though, isn't it? You've still got to win no matter what happens. You get a chance, you've got to take it. And he did that at the end of the night. Um, 20 fantasy points. He had a lot of 180s, a lot of ton-plus finishes, three matches won. So as much as I can sit here and say, strange old night, he didn't perform very well at all and got it done. He still put the numbers on the board and got it done. Um, Yeah, it's been a strange Premier League for him, Joe Cullen, yeah. He's now moved himself up to to fourth with really only two good weeks. Like this week, as I said, it was surprised he won. Very lucky to have won. Very lucky to get out of his quarterfinal. Um, And the other week, he made a – to get the rest of his points, he's made a final, which was pretty good that week. But the other week that he got points, he had a buy through to the semi and then performed terrible in the semi. So strange old Premier League. The whole thing is strange. And we're going to talk a little bit further about that shortly. But my Premier, uh, fantasy Premier League team, fantasy team, 29 points. So a little bit better than what I had been getting. I think the highest score out of anyone was 59. So not too bad, but not many players scoring big scores at the moment. So 29 is good for me. Um, I had James Wade, MVG and Johnny Clayton, I think. James Wade was one of the only quarter finalists to get points. MVG got nine and Johnny Clayton got ten, I think. So happy. All right, night eight is coming up. We're at the halfway point, basically. By the time this is done, it'll be basically halfway before the finals. And it's your mini playoff one now. It's a seeded tournament. One plays eight, two plays seven, three plays six, four B five. Winner of four, five plays winner of one eight. Winner of 2-7 plays winner of 3-6. And then the winner of those two play in the final, which is good stuff. So we now can look at the, t- the table and you'll be able to talk about who's playing who. In first is Michael Van Gerwen on 17 points. Uh, Peter Wright is on fifth, uh, 14 in second. Johnny Clayton, 12. Um, just continues to accumulate, both both Peter Wright and Johnny, with one win and continually, continually accumulating points are just getting the job done. As I said before, Joe Cullen, just two good nights, really, and one of them, the one just gone, very lucky to get out with any points, but has gone on and won it, so he's on 10 points in fourth place. Gerwin Price has dropped out of the top four. That won't last long. He's on nine points. Michael Smith's on eight. Hasn't won a night yet. Gary's in seventh on seven. James Wade equal on points in eighth place. So, as I said, very strange to see James Wade down there. Unfortunately, he comes up against the number one in Michael Van Gerwen. The winner of that will play Joe Cullen or Gerwin Price. Then you've got Gary Anderson versus Peter Wright. Winner plays Johnny Clayton or Michael Smith. Uh, From there, look, I think MVG will get the better of James Wade. Gerwin Price definitely gets the better of Joe Cullen. He's looking fit. He's looking trim. Girl and Price 
ready for that boxing match. Probably pull out with his sore hand. Hopefully he does, because I don't want him hurting anymore. Um, yeah, Gary Anderson versus Peter Wright, Johnny. I'll probably go Peter Wright in the Gary Anderson matchup. I'd still hope Gary wins, but I think Peter Wright will get that done. And Johnny Clayton, I'm tipping over Michael Smith. And the final, I think Peter Wright gets over Johnny Clayton to make the final, and MVG gets over Gerwin Price, giving us Peter Wright versus Michael Van Gerwen. And I think maybe Snakebite to win, but I'm not sure. I'm never sure because I never get any of that stuff right. So I believe that my team should consist of Michael Van Gerwen staying as captain. So I'm going to move to the other side of the draw for who I pick next. And I cannot have Peter Wright out of that group. So I'll definitely take Johnny Clayton. Then the probably the best option there is to guarantee myself some points and either move back to and to go with Bully Boy or James Wade who's playing MVG, just in case. Or do I go Gary Anderson? Probably not Gary Anderson because I don't have Peter Wright. So I've got MVG, Johnny, and probably Bully Boy or James Wade. I might trade Wade out for Michael Smith. Maybe. I have no idea. I don't know what the best option is. Players Championship 7 and 8 over the weekend. So much darts going on at the moment. They're well and truly in their season, as we say. So you've got the Premier League that they're not many compete in, but then you've got Players Championships every weekend with Euro Tour every other weekend almost. So it's just a lot going on for all these guys. Um, good luck picking the winners of these events. Like, gosh... I know MVG won Players' Championship 8, Michael Van Gerwen. Gerwen Price has won Players' Championship 7. It's not that strange that those two will win, but who they're playing in the final. So MVG has played, Michael Van Gerwen has played Martin Schindler, who's not even the top-ranked German player, although he's probably playing the best out of the Germans. And Gerwen has beaten Matters Rasma. It's just good to see... Matters Razma make a final. I think he hit back-to-back nine darters last, not as in legs, but back-to-back on two different days, nine darters last year. So he'll get himself back some confidence. But yeah, um, before we look at Players' Championship 7, one thing I was supposed to talk about, which we will discuss now, the Premier League, and we're seeing a lot of low scores. You never used to see so many averages in the 80s. And I think, I think, honestly... Without being able to pinpoint why the format's doing it, I think the format has something to do with it. Either they're saving something or they're getting behind because it's only the six, even though the last one was only the seven. They're getting behind and thinking, oh, it's done now. But you just didn't see that in any other Premier League. If someone averaged in the 80s, they got done to nil, basically, or to one. Yet now we're seeing multiple, as in I said, back-to-back weeks with Gerwin, uh, sorry, Peter Wright and Joe Cullen playing each other, both in the 80s. So very strange to see, and hopefully we don't see too much more of it. We're not seeing the ridiculous averages that we're used to. A lot of times in Premier League, someone always comes out and blasts 105, between 105 and 110. But just not seeing that either, so not sure where it's gone or what's happening. It may be the format, I'm not sure. Yes, it's exciting. Have we rewarded Joe Cullen's performance without him being spectacular and not even good? It is strange to see him move his way 
to fourth with one really good performance, which he didn't win, and the other two, meh. And you've got James Wade sitting bottom of the ladder when he's probably one of the standouts in the first four or five weeks. So a bit different. That's what I did like the draw because you didn't always have a winner. You had to break the throw at the moment. You don't have to break the throw to win. And that, to me, doesn't make a lot of sense in a game of darts. If you get to go first, you're basically in the prime position to win before a dart's even thrown, and they're not even throwing for the bull. So a few different things that I don't overly like about it. I do like it, seeing a winner. I don't think it's necessary to see a winner every night. It was already, as I've said this before, they made it so that every match matters, but... $10,000, yes, is a big prize, but there was always higher prize money, higher you finished on the table. So there was always that incentive that every match mattered, and they all go up there to win, like regardless of if you're the seller dweller, bottom of the ladder. This isn't the AFL where you get draft picks for finishing last. This is Premier League darts where you go on stage to strut your stuff. So I don't know. Um, they've obviously... They're going to talk it up in the commentary, but I'm just, I'm not as big of a fan as others may be. I liked it the way it was, loved it the way it was. I still like it now. I just don't like it as much as when it had more oomph. I felt like it had more oomph, more meaning, and it was like a real season type thing. Like I feel like tonight, at the moment, every night is just a win, and then the finals of the Premier League is just going to be a slightly bigger version of what's already happening instead of it being a season building up to this massive night of finals. But anyway, we'll see what happens. We'll see if they revert back. I'm not sure. I'll have to research some honest feedback on that format. But yeah, back to players championship seven. Yeah, Gerwin Price won that one. So he had a solid day. He was challenged against Ted Everts and Rob Cross missed about 10 match darts. But, um, yeah, still got the job done. Matters, Rasma never really challenged him in the final. It was, I think it was 8-4, and he just never looked back. So good on Gerwin, and of course, I saw a post. This is where you get a lot of news, social media, and you see a lot of the, the sad people's lives. Um, questioning that, not questioning, but commenting that there's no big guns there playing. You have to go and beat the best all the guys you're talking about, Peter Wright's only won one Players' Championship event. Michael Smith hasn't won one yet. There are a lot of the dudes they're talking about. James Wade was there. I don't think Dimitri Vandenberg was there who hasn't won one. I'm not 100% sure, but the guys they're talking about, Gary Anderson, I don't think played. Gary Anderson's only won one. No one's dominating. So to say that no one's there, rah, 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 all the guns are there. Damon Hedder is there. He's playing. Luke Humphreys is playing. So, yeah, it's rubbish. Absolute rubbish that you can sit there and say that the best players aren't playing because the best players on the floor are playing. Adrian Lewis got himself back into some form. Um, as I said, Damon Hedda is probably one of the best on the floor. Luke Humphreys was playing. Not sure if Joe Cullen was, and he's been quite nice through the uh, Players' Championship events, but there is a lot of guns playing. Schindler is in great form. Don't you worry about that. And not to mention the guys that aren't even in form. So Ryan Searles there, Bradley Brooks plays all these tournaments. Gordon Mathers, Simon Whitlock can all play darts. Brendan Dolan's in form. Rob Cross is there and he's definitely hitting some really good form. So rubbish, absolute rubbish. 
Uh, Matters was very slow, slow to start the day, Matters Rasma. He averaged 85 in his first round, 85 in round two. Um, Mervyn King only averaged 80 in a 6-2 win for Matters Rasma. So the last 16, he got go, he got going, though, 6-1 win over Luke Humphreys. So that's pretty impressive because Luke Humphreys can play darts. Quarterfinal, he dropped back down again to about an 80 in a tight contest with Gary Blades. Gary Blades only averaged 79. I've never seen him play. Um, Kevin Dowitz had a good run to the semi-final, so a lot of players playing well or getting themselves into form, which is what you want. The more players in form, the better. Rob Cross will be absolutely filthy with himself, not just missing so many match darts, but he's been quite close in a few PDC Players Championship events so sorry so far this year. Probably three or four, I think he's been right up there in semis or in a quarterfinal doing well. Um, he was 6-2 up against Gerwin Price. He was good all day. Um, he had a bit of a fall apart against Willie O'Connor. He was 4-0 up there. Um, Willie won the next five on the trot, which Willie won four on the trot against Simon Whitlock as well. So it was a bit of the Willie O'Connor get-on-a-roll show for half the day as well. Um, he's just showing in patches that he's almost back to his brilliant 2018 winning best. When he's nailing triple 18 and double 18, and anything 18 related, well, you know he's going well. It's like seeing Adrian Lewis on the triple 19s. He even had a 134 where he's gone triple 18, double 16, double, uh, triple 16, double 16. And that's just fantastic. Right in the middle of the bed the whole way. Didn't look like missing. Uh, that was after a 135, 25, triple 20 bull. Once again, fantastic. It, he does. In patches, he looks as good as he did back in 2018. And he'll want to fix that. He'll want to fix the patchiness because if you can do it, you can do it. Uh, yeah, leg 11 against Gerwin Price after being 6-2 up. Um, he's gone 170, uh, 177, 140, 140. He's left 41 after nine. Two more visits, he couldn't get the finish and Gerwin wins from there. So he'll just be pretty filthy that he let that one slip Rob Cross because if he wins that and comes up against matters averaging in the low 90s, he's probably got that in the bag. So unfortunate for Rob, but he's only got himself to blame, really. Uh, both Simon Whitlock and GG Mathers got a win on the board. Uh, Simon Whitlock won his round one clash, and then he had a round two tight loss to Willie O'Connor. He was 5-2 up, probably should have won that. Now, missed four or five match darts, but doesn't matter. Got a win on the board. Uh, Gordon Mathers, he had a round two loss to Rusty Jake Rodriguez. I think he's lost to him already. Once or twice before, maybe Rabbi John as well at the UK Open. But yeah, at least he got a win on the board. Uh, Damien Heddard, top 16. Lost to Kevin Dowitz in that one. Um, he's just super consistent now. He's turning up to every one of these events and his minimum making the top 16. You're actually surprised when he doesn't make the quarterfinals. But yeah. It took a 108 average from Kevin Dowitz to beat him. So, yeah, well done to Damien Hedder. Players' Championship 8. Same as last week. There's no double-up in the semifinals of either event. So, Players' Championship 7, Gerwin Price, Kevin Dowitz, Matters Rasma and Rob Cross. Players' Championship 8, Michael Van Gerwen, Martin Schindler, Adrian Lewis and Luke Humphreys. So, different. Humphreys was up there both days. Um, but I don't think any other guys were. So, yeah, very good. Very good to see so many different players doing well. It was pretty dominant stuff from MVG. Only uh, six, 
6-4 quarterfinal win over Dolan and a 7-5 semifinal win over Luke Humphreys were the only real challenges he had. No one else really got close to him. The rest was 6-3, 6-2, 6-1, yeah, did well, Michael Van Gerwen. Uh, Martin Schindler's in form. He's uh, starting to look really good. And probably the last 12 months, he's just been building, building, building nicely. So well done to Martin Schindler. I think that was one of his first plays championship finals. He didn't get the job done against Michael Van Gerwen by no means, but still well done to him to get that far. Uh, Simon Whitlock made the top 32. So he's getting wins on the board. So won the day before. I think both weekends, both players' championships the week before he got a win on the board. So as long as he keeps notching up wins, turn that into two, turn that into three, he'll make a final and he'll get himself on the board, which is what we want. He had a round one win, 6-3 over John O'Shea with a 101 average. So those 100 averages starting to come thick and fast now for Simon Whitlock. He still is getting quite a lot of the low lower 80 averages, which he'll want to get rid of, but that's what it is. Round two, he had a 6-2 win over Edgar TV, Matthew Edgar. Now, not a great match, especially to start. There was a couple of 23 dart legs, which is basically my standard. Maybe maybe I'm 23, probably 21 to 20, 24, 27, around that area. Maybe maybe 33, maybe 36, maybe 50, don't know. No, nah, generally, generally mid-20s is what I'm throwing. So for two, those two to have a 23 dart leg each at the start... It's not a great start. Uh, from two all, Simon Whitlock won the next four, though, to get a win on the board. And a top 32 was an all-Aussie adventure. All-Aussie affair, I should say. That's probably probably copyrighted, trademarked, the all-Aussie adventures. Uh, it was a great contest, though. 6-5 to Damon Hedder. Simon Whitlock had 105 average, 97 to Hedder. There's only two legs over 15 darts, and there was six between 13 and 11. So some brilliant darts by those two. Uh, Damon Hedder also beat Bradley Brooks and Eddie Lovely. Unfortunately, he's top 16 again. He lost to Adrian Lewis, a last leg decider. He just didn't have his scoring boots on. But a great weekend for Simon and Damon, um, working into a nice bit of form coming into the World Cup. I think that is straight after the Premier League finals so that's exciting I love that one and I think with both these guys playing as well as they are I know Damon's Damon's ranked about 21st in the world there's no way he's the 21st best player in the world you know what I mean he is right up there at the moment playing some of the best darts in the world no doubt about that and hopefully the world cup with Simon alongside him who Simon always performs at the world cup it's going to take an effort to beat them uh, obviously, the Welsh are going to be right up there. Scotland, not sure what to expect. Uh, Gary's inconsistent, and if he even plays it. Peter Wright has a bit of an injury, so I think the next in line, who knows? Uh, I don't think John Henderson's the next highest-ranked Scottish player. If he is, he's back at about rank 50-something, maybe even higher. So there's a lot of good Scottish talent coming through. Alan Suters might, might be right up there as well. Uh, Willie Borland, there's a few others that I'm not thinking of, but um, yeah, definitely quite a few, but they're not quite there yet. So Scotland could be damaging. I think it'll be interesting to see the Netherlands side. So I know Dirk van Dijvenboot is right up there, but so is Danny Noppert. Danny Noppert just doesn't have his scoring boots on at the moment. He still can finish, but he just doesn't score like the rest of the PDC at the moment. 
So it'll be interesting to see who partners Michael Van Gerwen, but they're always a chance. England, obviously, have got – they'll have James Wade, Michael Smith, who are both in form. So England will be just about favourites coming into that. And then, yeah, so Belgium will be right up there in that with uh, Dimitri Vandenberg and probably Kim Hybrex. There might be different Belgium ranked higher at the moment. Don't know. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely Australia will be right up there. Looking the goods in that and hopefully taking it out because, yeah, that's what we want. But they're working more nicely towards that. Uh, Gordon Mathers, it looks like he just needs to up his scoring. His finishing's good. There's one or two legs maybe where he goes off the boil and doesn't finish well, but we all have those if you get yourself down to – you go inside double four, you're then on two and one and basically write the leg off in my eyes. I If I don't hit double two, I'm then shaking like a, like a maraca. And it's 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 bad. It's not good, but generally great finishing. Uh, you, but you see the best of the pros. Just ask Rob Cross after missing ten match starts how he, he feels about hitting doubles sometimes. But he just yeah, if he can get he's scoring a lot of sixties and a whole bunch of tons. If he can up those sixties to tons, those tons to one forties. Look out, his average is skyrocketing from the mid to high eighties that he's at now. He'll be way up in the nearly the tons up where Damon Header is. And looking good, but yeah, he's not far off, Gordon Mathers, and we want to see him get a card for next year and continue on his medi, medi way. That'll just about wrap it up. Um, Keep on listening, keep on watching the darts. There's plenty happening. There's new tech that I'm working with. I'm getting the website up and running. We'll get back to the office next week where we have a bit better sound quality. It won't be as echoey. Um, I'll try and manage that inside watching all the darts that's happening because there's a ridiculous amount going on. We're almost ready for the next round of the DPA events. I've got a few interviews I want to do. I've held back from you guys with having guests on. It's time we stop that. We get some guests on and we talk darts to anyone and everyone. Got to stop waiting and waiting and waiting and we just get whoever wants to jump on and chat about darts because that's what it's about. We want to hear those people's stories. If you want to jump on, fine. Arrow Slingers on Facebook, it's there. You'll see the logo in the bottom corner of the screen. There, me on the mower, you'll see him there. You'll see that on Facebook if you find that. That's where I am. And we can, we can do it. We can get, get anyone on, anyone and everyone, all right? Enjoy the darts, enjoy the Premier League. As I said, it's going to be an interesting night with the new, not new, but it's the uh, – First, like, mini-finals, I guess. See where everyone's at, how everyone's going. My tip is Peter Wright for the night. I just think he's due. He'll put that back injury behind him. (laughs) But, yeah, I have no idea. I never tip well. As I said, my Premier League team, I'll probably stick with MVG as captain, Johnny Clayton, and I might change James Wade out for Michael Smith. And, yeah. Anyway, have fun. Keep in touch, keep on the socials. We're going to get them moving a lot more and see you next time.